Hey there, welcome back to Teen Techies. I'm Anushka. I'm Rashima. And I'm Prisha. 2021 thus far has been an eventful year filled with both positives and negatives. Definitely, and one of those positives has been the rise of new groundbreaking technology. In today's episode, we'll be discussing some innovative technologies created in the year 2021 from MIT's Technology Review. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey everyone, so welcome back to episode 9 of Teen Techies. It's crazy that we're already at episode 9. Um, and this is actually going to be our last episode of season one. Um, so we hope that you guys have enjoyed this season. I know we have. We've met some amazing people through our Spotlight Sundays um, and have talked about some really interesting topics. And we hope to do more of that um, in season two. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Today, as you heard in the intro, we're going to be talking about some really cool and groundbreaking technology that um, has arised in the year 2021. Um, But before we get into all of that, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing okay because my school starts tomorrow and I'm looking forward to it, but you know, it's a new year. Uh, There's definitely like things to look forward to. So I'm happy about that, but a lot more APs. Like I'm, I'm good too. It it hasn't hit me yet that school start like for Rashima starting tomorrow. For me and Anushka, school starting on Thursday, so in two days. So yeah, it hasn't hit me yet. But you know, throughout the season, like at the beginning of the episodes, we've been like, summer is one fourth over. Summer is halfway over. Summer is three fourths <laughs> over. And now we're like, summer is over. Yeah, it's kind no, of. Yeah, it, it uh, like I had an orientation thing today, and like all like you know the, all the people I met, like they were like you know it hasn't clicked yet. Like school starting tomorrow, like you know we were all like talk, talk, talking and joking around, and they're like it hasn't clicked to me yet that school starts tomorrow, and we'll have like a bunch of freshmen and sophomores on campus asking us questions. I was like, yeah, it'll be different this year as well because like for the high schoolers, the freshmen are new, obviously, the sophomores are also new because well I mean most of them didn't go last year and the juniors I mean I don't know about you guys but I still basically feel like a freshman yeah so we're all in agreement on that and it's the first time going back for since I think one and a half years so Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes yeah I'm good um yeah when our listeners hear this it'll be Sunday August 15th. I can't 15th August 15th um so we'll already have started school and we'll probably be really depressed by that time you know I'm just going through the five stages of grief right now and I'm really hoping that I hit acceptance soon <laughs> um but um hopefully the whole depressing thing doesn't hit until like two days into the year yeah I mean it might but you know we'll <laughs> a girl can hope yes um, but yeah, so before one more thing before we get into the whole um, groundbreaking technologies episode that we're going to be talking about today. Um, so we have actually decided that for season two and um, I guess most of the school year, we are going to have our episodes every other week. So I know over the summer we had a lot of time and everything. So we were doing once a week episodes. Um, and I think we're just going to try to 
lay back a little bit and do every other week just so we have obviously time to focus on other things um but we're hoping that you know those episodes every other week will still be really detailed thorough um and we're really hoping to have some more spotlight sunday episodes and talk to some really amazing people and along with that like we're we're we've decided to do the whole um once every two weeks episode or um just depending on how it is for us how busy it gets um so that we can like Anushka said so we can make these episodes the best that they can be and also so that we can hopefully have some more exciting um events and different things for you guys so be on the lookout for that as well yes yeah so let's go ahead and get into the actual bulk of today's episode so as we said we looked over MIT's technology review and we picked um five different technologies that we were um, specifically interested in to talk about with you guys today. So kind of the first one is the messenger RNA vaccines. And I think, um, Prisha, do you have anything or do you have, do you want to talk about this one? <laughs> so um, before we start, just a disclaimer, um, biology was never my thing. Biology still is not my thing, but um, uh, I thought it was my thing. It's not my thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, freshman year we took bio. Um, uh, before funny. anyone puts, yeah, before anyone puts me on the spot, because I knew, I know for a fact people was going to say my name. Um, I <laughs> haven't reviewed biology in like a year, but I, I, I like biology, but I don't remember the terms. So before you ask me any questions, I'm just putting that as a disclaimer. <laughs> like, I don't remember any of the terms. You yeah, know, me and Anushka took, I, I think, I don't know about Rishima, but me and Anushka took bio freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it was for you, Anushka, but for me, like, it, I realized very early on bio is not for me. I mean, I guess just, like, for me, the class environment, I think, wasn't the best. But, like, for me, like, it's really hard for, like, classes to, like, be like, oh, do I like the class or do I like the subject? So, like, I still don't know what I like and what I dislike. But, you know, we're hoping that I can figure that out before I go to college. So I kind of know what I want to major in. Yeah, same. Like I was, I was able to like, I think I, I, I pulled off like a, I was happy with my grade in the class, but mm. like it, it never made sense to me and I wasn't like enjoying it, but still, okay. The messenger RNA vaccines. So um, as I'm sure everyone knows, um, pandemic, we're in this very, well, very big pandemic, um, something that's like, it's very unprecedented, especially for the people living now. We've mm-hmm. never experienced anything like this. Um, but luckily, um, about, I think it was six or seven months ago um, that the vaccines were approved to be used. Um, well, I, I think all, all across the world, if I'm, if I'm correct. But um, the vaccines, the two vaccines that are most effective against COVID are made with messenger RNA technology, um, which people have been studying and working on for like 20 years. So um, the vaccine development, development, I know this, like last year, it was like very, it happened pretty quickly compared to other, um, you know, vaccines and other diseases that require um, I, like treatments and stuff. Like I, I read something, I read somewhere very early on in the pandemic that, um, for I think most viruses, you need 18 months of like, um, well, 18 months from it to begin and then, you know, uh, research and then 
um, create like creating the vaccine and then it can be rolled out. But with COVID, um, I think when news of the pandemic first started rising as early as like January 2020, the biotech companies quickly turned to research on mRNA technology, which helped them develop and approve vaccines by December 2020, which was, I mean, less than a year, really, because like beginning of 2020 to end of 2020, they were able to use the research that they had been um, gathering and working on for 20 years to create a vaccine that they were able to confidently put out and say, this is safe and we can use this in the event of, you know, um, well, to, to help us try and slow the spread um, of the pandemic. So vaccine rollout began in early 2020. So this technology that they had, um, like I said, I don't, I'm not very good with bio, so I don't know too much about like, you know, the, the specifics of the technology, but um, it was, Sorry, like I, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was um, very like it was made in a way that the vaccine could be quickly and effectively modified against different strains and mutations of the virus, and the technology used in the vaccines, they're unprecedented and they could potentially like revolutionize medicine as we know it. Um, for example, by helping us create different treatments against highly infectious diseases such as malaria, as well as help against sickle cell disease and HIV. So that's kind of like the overall effects of the um, mRNA technology as used in the vaccines that we have seen in the past year. So I know I wasn't able to explain it like, you know, the best, um, but what are your guys' thoughts on the technology? Uh, in like simpler terms, like adding on to what Prisha said, um, the MRA, uh, mRNA vaccines uh, technically teach the cells how to make proteins to fight against these like infectious diseases like COVID-19. But yeah, it's pretty cool that like, you know, the scientists were able to quickly turn this technology, like research of like 20 years and like, you know, quickly um, unite, I guess, you know, different companies came together with their research, like their missing parts and they created, created something that would help like worldwide, not just like, you know, in the United States, just like worldwide as well. So I think it was a pretty cool um, gain from the pandemic. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but if a pandemic had to happen at any time, I think it it's good kind of that it happened at this time. Although, you know, it caused so many horrible things, but let's say it happened 10, 20, 30 years before, people may not have the have had the technology in order to fight um, the pandemic. And obviously it's still something that's really recent, something that we're still going through. But the fact that we were able to have vaccines made with, you know, really new technology at this time is kind of like mind boggling because like I said, like if it was happening before that might not have happened so quick and you know the effects might have been even worse than they are you know in present day that we're facing right now so I think it's very interesting how like all of this works and I think Prisha you explained it really well because I would not have been able to explain it as well as you had but oh, yeah. if, there, if there's any well I mean if there's anyone who knows anything about biology or yeah biotech and the different technology that use in the vaccines then you know please let us know or yeah enlighten us on how exactly this works because mm -hmm. um i know for like i'm i was very confused and i tried my best with explaining this so i hope it was helpful 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that's really interesting. We just need some enlightenment. So like yeah. Rachel said, if anybody <laughs> out there is interested in bio, please reach out. But kind of the next um, groundbreaking technology that we're gonna talk about is something called GPT-3. So this is essentially the largest natural language computer model that can learn to write um, and speak and do these things, basically using artificial intelligence. So it essentially just mimics human written text really realistically, and it can be used to kind of create articles, um, news articles and things. And this is actually a funny story that I found, but there was a student, um, a UC Berkeley student named Liam Poor, who used GPT-3 to create a fake blog by just like giving the, I think he wrote a file with the headline and the introduction for a, a blog post basically. Um, and he ran it through this technology and the GPT-3 finished the rest of the article by itself, um, kind of using the, the human written text abilities that it has. And this like per, the student just posted it um, on, on whatever website and it got so many likes and comments because people truly thought that it was a real person writing um, these articles when in reality a computer or artificial intelligence actually wrote them. Um, and so I guess that's kind of interesting in itself because it's like you never really know if you're interacting or if you're reading something written by a computer or written by a human even though you would think it's written by a human. But like with everything and like we've talked about in our previous episodes, technology still has limitations. So specifically with GPT-3, sometimes the things that it returns don't make sense because it doesn't understand what it's really writing. Um, and it's trained also from the internet. So like the way that it learned to write and speak was through, I, I assume was through, um, reading articles on the internet and trying to kind of mimic the style. Um, but there is a lot of misinformation and there is a lot of bias on the internet. So that's kind of a concern um, because since it learned from bias and prejudice things, it may return biased and prejudiced things as well. But that was just kind of a little summary of GPT-3. I thought that was really cool. Um, what do you guys think about this? Um, I think it's a pretty cool like technology and like with the ever-growing like you know AI uh, industries, um, especially like with Siri and Google uh, Home now, like you know I think it's be a really good um, addition. It could help a lot of like people with disabilities as well. Like in the medical field, this could prove to be a very like a breakthrough kind of um, uh, like uh, technology advancement because then it allow like you know people without like hearing abilities like we like like you know there could obviously be different variations of this, but um, it's a pretty good start. Yeah, and actually like, I mean, this is something we're gonna touch on um, later with um, the multi-skilled AI, but um, I think it's really interesting to see how the, like the computer learned to write and speak, which are, I mean, I guess you generally think that those are you know, hum uh, human traits. Like you, um, well, when you see a blog, you're gonna, I guess, assume that a human wrote it. Um, but that's like, I mean, we, I, we've said this a lot, like you can't think that maybe 50, 60 years ago that like this would be a thing or that this could happen. 
So, I mean, that's really cool. And that uh, UC Berkeley, like a college student was able to um, create the fake blog and have, you know, a art, like, you know, AI, artificial intel intelligence robot, like write that, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, like I read the article about it and he said it was really easy to access. So, I mean, I guess that just shows you how smart some of these college students are, but it also shows you that, you know, if it's easy, this technology can be used for bad purposes. Like we were talking um, about this with Dr. Papani um, in last week's episode as well, but technology can be used for, you know, bad things. Um, so it's also important to kind of protect it and everything. And we won't go on another rant about that, but yeah. Um, and then moving on to um, our next one, our next topic, um, it, it's, it's uh, something that you guys are familiar with, or you've at least heard of, uh, the TikTok recommendation page, like the For You page. Um, it's, um, TikTok is like, like, as you all know, it's like one of the fastest growing social media platforms in the world, um, largely because of the For You page. So, um, and it, it has an algorithm to it. So, uh, you know, if you like a person, then the app will take that into, you know, take the data and then it'll analyze it and then start sending similar artists on your page or like similar content. So suppose that you like one comedy, you know, like video or like a TikTok or like a 30 second thing, whatever. And like you're, the next day you can, you'll see more of those like artist videos or like, you know, someone, uh, the artist follows. And um, this, this algorithm is also used like in various places. Like um, I was reading uh, you know, Netflix also uses the same algorithm. Like, it'll, it'll, it's one of the reasons why, like, these platforms that you guys um, know of, like, uh, Netflix, TikTok, like, these also, like, YouTube, they all use your recommendations and what you watch. And they take this data and analyze it. This, And then they produce even, like, better content to interest you with, right? Like, they'll take, if you like rom-coms, or, like, you like Bollywood movies, or, you know, you like English movies, they'll take that into consideration when they're making your for you. Um, I know Netflix has one. I don't know about other, I don't know TikTok also has one, but I don't know any other thing. But yeah, and the algorithm also learns to adjust to your likes and dislikes. So like, if you have the ability to like something, then, you know, go and they'll give you more of that. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool algorithm. What about, what do you guys think about it? I mean, also with the TikTok recommendation algorithms, I... I read somewhere that one of the things that, you know, really helps it a lot are also like the um, the hashtags, um, which I mean, something that we kind of started, um, you know, trying to use with our with our own Instagram page. Um, and like, you know, with the hashtags, you're like you said that um, the algorithm learns to adjust to your likes and dislikes as you continue and you use the app more often. So I think when you use the um the hashtags then you're it starts it's able to give you more posts that are like that or that use the same hashtag combinations or same hashtags so I mean yeah like this the TikTok recommendation algorithm I think is like you said used in so many other um different apps but being like used in TikTok which is one of the you know fastest growing media platforms I think that's something that really helps it like I mean, maybe helped it gain its popularity because then it makes it something for everyone on that app. Um, yeah. Also adding to, uh, sorry, Anishka, but just adding there, um, I think the type of like data they use, I read somewhere it's called big data. So they take like this arbitrary amount of data through like, uh, and it's, it's like, you know, Netflix and TikTok, 
they're spread throughout like various countries as well. So they take all those recommendations um, along with it. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and going, sorry, going off of that, um, with the whole like for you page, a lot of like websites and, you know, not websites, social media platforms and things have like a for you page. I think, you know, Instagram definitely does. Does Snap, I don't have Snapchat. Does Snapchat have a for you page as well? I, I don't think it's a for you page, but I think actually no I don't think they do but they give you like stories um yeah. not not stories but, like the news headlines and stuff and I noticed that like it started tailoring to you know what I like to watch yeah. like, my friends who have snapchat it she watches a lot of like the um you know cooking and baking stuff so then it um on her snapchat those news like not news but like different recipes will start coming up for her but for me like I watch a lot of like the like political news or you know, uh, pop culture news. So then that starts showing up for me a lot of the time. So I mm -hmm. guess the, I don't know if the algorithm is the same, but um, yeah, I think like that whole thing of tailoring to your personal dislikes and dislikes um, is prevalent in every um, app or social media apps at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like specifically TikTok, and I think we've already touched on this, but it's um, kind of different in a way that it's just as likely to feature a new creator as it is to feature someone who's already like really well known, like all the TikTok, you know, artists. I think I'm not really into TikTok, uh, but I, I think Rashima might know some of them. Um, so you can talk about that. Um, but just um, since you know, Instagram, I feel like you'll just have a lot of like well-known people with like reels and things. Um, but that's something that's good about TikTok. That's something that makes it really appealing to a lot of people because somebody can essentially be like a overnight success um, by just making those small short videos on TikTok. But like we said, it's kind of scary that the algorithm can learn what you like and what you dislike because, you know, and the thing is, as you use it, it's learning more and more and more about you because you're clicking on things, you're liking things, you're commenting on things like, like Instagram, like I follow a bunch of, or uh, like, I follow a bunch of people on Instagram and like a lot of them follow me back, but like Instagram somehow knows who like I talk to the most, like, like Prisha's story, if Prisha ever puts anything on her story, it'll come like, like forward. Whereas somebody who like, I don't talk to that much, or I might not know as well, will come like really like towards the back. So it's just kind of weird to like, think that like Instagram, TikTok, these social media apps really kind of like know who we are. They know what we like. They know what we're planning on doing. They know our age. And so it's it's a little scary. No, and also like going on that like basis, you could say like these algorithms are kind of like AIs in the, like in themselves because mm. they use these human-like tendencies. Like they're like, oh, if she likes, you know, this artist, maybe she like, you know, they, they can make their own, like, I don't know, I don't know a lot about the algorithm, but like in one sense, like they can, they can add, like they can infer in a way like, oh, if she like this one or if she like this hashtag, then we should like this one. And then it starts adding like all these new types of hashtags and things that will interest you. So in a sense, I guess, yeah, it's, it's an AI, I guess. In my, in my world, that's how it makes sense. And also like the, the weirdest thing, for, like Anushka, you were saying like for you, my story will show up at the very top. Um, yeah. For me, like um, on the, if you click like your own, like who you're following, then um, 
you know, then those names will show up. And I think like that's the same order that like the story show up in. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I don't like I don't even talk to people on Instagram that much. But the, both of your names are at the very top. Like it says Anushka, then it's Rashima, then it's, I mean, and well, this is kind of like off topic, but like it's Anushka, Rashima, and then there's also like Rashima's mom right next to that. <laughs> and so like those posts and stories will come up first, which is kind of scary since I don't like, I don't really talk to you guys on um Yeah, I, we normally use, I think, we use Instagram to send, well, I, I mean, Rashima sent me some, like, she sent both of us some, like, Bollywood-like things, so, like, I mean, I guess Instagram is essentially our Bollywood chat, which, if you knew us in person, you would know that Rashima and I are really obsessed with Bollywood, and Prisha isn't, and I somehow find, found a way to integrate this into technology, um, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of our whole thing on the recommendation algorithms and well, the suggestions for you pages. And yeah, but uh, moving on to the next um, topic, we're gonna, we wanted to talk about digital contact tracing and with that kind of go back to the whole COVID thing that we were talking about at the very beginning. So with digital contact tracing, it's very dominant, especially in the pandemic. I don't think so much in the US as of right now, but um, you know, across the world, it's very dominant. So the during the pandemic, there has been like the creation of these different apps, which use GPS and Bluetooth to create a log of people whose paths have crossed and then inform them if one of them has been exposed to COVID-19. Um, and like the way that this works is, um, you know, the public health officials said, recommend you to oh, you should download this app. And then if, I guess it would work in a way that if everyone or if majority of the people in an area have downloaded that app, then the GPS will know, you know, where they were at what times and who, like, which other people they were in close contact with. And then if they get exposed to COVID-19 or if they are, um, if they test positive for COVID-19, then the app will go back and it'll look at, okay, they were in contact with this person, this person, and this person. And since they're all in like the same database, then they can inform the other people that you have, like you were exposed to COVID-19 at this time, at this place. Um, and, you know, like take precautions and such. So that same thing has also kind of been seen. Um, I know at our school district in Frisco ISD, they did the same thing, but manually. So there, there wasn't like a GPS or anything, but if someone wasn't this past year, if someone was um, tested positive for COVID-19, then they'd, they'd contact trace who all they were in contact with, and then they'd let them know, and then they'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, so it's interesting to see how that kind of, well, that's, done by technology if you know you have the apps and you have all the different people who like everyone who has that app and then they can it makes it you know a lot easier but um digital contact tracing was not as effective as anticipated in the pandemic because of um I think you know uh, for it to work you need to have like I said a majority of people who have downloaded the app or majority of people who are um, using, I guess, the same system so that they're all in the same database. Um, But 
that was specifically in the US, but other countries have been successful with digital contact tracing apps. Um, you, it was used in, I think Singapore started pretty early on, um, and then Switzerland, Ireland, and Germany, they also have their own. And I think in the United States, um, I think it's based on state actually. So um, I think I read Virginia, they were the first ones in the US to start their own app. But as I said, it wasn't like very, it wasn't as successful as I guess it could have been. But yes, yeah, based on state, and I have a personal experience with this because I flew to Utah, like two months ago, I flew to Salt Lake City. And once we got there, then um, it came on everyone's phone automatically as soon as we landed in the plane everyone's phone beeped and it was a thing like welcome to the state of Utah um please it was it wasn't an app but it worked directly with Apple and they said um keep this on your phone and if you get COVID-19 then we will let you know but it I don't think it worked after I left Utah because we drove like Utah Wyoming Montana all those places but yeah if it's all state-based and you know and everyone's not in the same database and that sorry it won't be like as effective but um something that's like a, a positive of like you know the us not starting these digital contact tracing apps as early on as other places is that they can kind of learn from the things that have been successful with other apps in other countries and things that haven't been so successful with other apps in other countries so some things that they've learned with digital contact tracing apps are that um every case matters so you know, you can't, um, you can't have like 50% of people on the app because then one of them, you know, maybe one person has COVID, but they weren't using the app. So then everyone doesn't know. And then you just get a bunch more cases, a bunch of more cases. Um, number two, like manage expectations because the, just downloading the app and having the app won't make it like, won't make the pandemic go away. Um, you want to work openly to gain public trust, set the right parameters and be patient because even like, you know, we don't know how effective digital contact tracing apps would be if everyone was in favor of them. But um, yeah, that's kind of the overview on digital contact tracing apps and more of the effects they have um, with like technology in 2021. So um, what do you guys think of this? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of like really good like technology like we've been talking about that can be used um, specifically in a pandemic, like this digital contact tracing. And um, I remember, I think, reading about this during the school year, uh, don't remember what month, but about like this um, digital contract tracing being used in like other um, countries, like like we listed, like Singapore and Switzerland and everything. And I thought it was like really cool that, you know, we can use the things and resources available to us today to kind of um, fight this pandemic as much as possible. I think in a lot of these countries, it, you know, overall worked um, for some of them, you know, um, because they were able to look over all of their cases and see, you know, who isn't coming in contact with who. I think I read something a couple of days ago about Bluetooth contract tracing as well. Um, where, you know, it tracks it with your phone. So if somebody gets COVID, they can like put it into this app on their phone. It'll contact everyone their phone came into like a Bluetooth connection with. So that's um, another thing that's also like good and like interesting as well. But 
you know, like we said, obviously it's technology, it's going to have limitations. I feel like that's the theme of the season. Technology has limitations. Technology can be bad. Um, and, you know, we touched on those things that it can be difficult for this to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with digital, digital tracing. I can't speak today, I'm sorry. Uh, di- digital tracing. Um, like, I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to scare people, but like it could be used for stalking, like, you know, like there are different like things that could happen. Especially for like, if, like you know, big social media stars have to be very careful with like these type of things because you never know who might like, you know, have a co- weird crush on them and like stalk them. And that's just, it, remind, it reminds me of like you, you know, that like Netflix show, like I just think of that when I hear like the, um, like the digital contract thing. I'm sorry about the background noises. <laughs> is, is, that um, a, is that a police car? Yeah. Yeah. Someone call 911. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. But yeah. As, yeah. But like this contract tracing thing reminds me of like how uh, you, uh, if any, any of you watched you, then I'm proud of you because that's a very scary show. It. I, I just saw one episode and it scared me. So. I watched the trailer and it scared me. So good on you for watching that one episode. I didn't even watch it. I just can't do horror movies. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go back to my rom-coms and Disney movies because they make me happy. Yeah. I think one, one time my friends tried to get me to watch a horror movie. I literally ran outside. No, like, I, you remember if we were at one of our friends' houses and I think we had yeah, like- you were there actually. Yeah, yeah, we had a test, I think, for one of our classes. Yeah, DVD, like a couple had of days. the next yeah. day. And then we were like, they were watching a horror movie and we we're like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to scare ourselves and not. I, have- I literally sprinted out of there. Exactly. I think we just ended up sitting on like a table outside. And uh, like we were just like playing pool or. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that, that's how do we get this off topic? Random <laughs> I mean, going back to like digital contact tracing, like you said, it has limitations. So I think another one of the whole like. Um, themes of the season is that technology it's very helpful it can act as like a booster but it can't get you all the way to the finish line yeah that's that's actually a really good way to put it the booster thing yeah yeah it can help and especially like what um a limitation with the digital contact tracing is um you know if you are tested positive for covid then you don't want someone or like a hacker or someone to know um Dr. Bhavani said this as well last week, like um, John Smith has COVID. You don't want the person to know where you are, like, you know, where you live and that you have COVID. Like that's, you yeah, know, might be treated as sensitive information. And so that's the way, you know, it has a limitation. But yeah, I guess um, in, in a perfect, like ideal world where these limitations didn't exist, the technology could help and um help fight against the pandemic and you know really I mean almost not almost end it but you know be really helpful against it but um yeah it still has gotten us pretty far yeah definitely um but we're heading into our last groundbreaking technology and that is multi-skilled AI. So I know we touched a little bit on AI, but multi-skilled AI is, I guess, a little bit more general. So um, we had an artificial intelligence episode and we talked about how, you know, it's really grown um, a lot, you know, in these past years, but it still is obviously very new and still very, um, you know, kind of upcoming. And there's things that haven't been, 
kind of tested and it still lacks some features which you know young human children have um obviously because it can't be perfectly human and if it was perfectly human that would be scary um but you know young children can you know solve new problems navigate these like unfamiliar environments learn about the world um apply their knowledge to kind of different situations um and ai can't do that but it can be really improved um using you know computer vision and audio recognition um those are essentially two systems that can be put together to create almost human-like intelligence which you know can have so many impacts on so many different things you know there's the um healthcare aspect of it you know i was reading an article about how hearing aids can use artificial intelligence um which you know hearing aids have been a- around for a long time and a lot of people suffer with like hearing loss and things so if that happens i think that would be really amazing um but it can also just be a more effective human assistant we've talked about you know google cortana um alexa all of those things um and you know using these different features and technologies it can expand its senses and be even more useful to us than it is now but what do you guys think about multi-skilled AI? Uh, I think it's like a lot like a baby. I don't know, like, because um, it kind of builds up as you like add to it. And I guess that's like a, like a, even a dog, I guess, like if you teach it certain like keywords and especially with like uh, the AIs that like, you know, pick up when you say Siri, you know, they, they pick up and they, so like, I feel like that, that's kind of like, that's how I remember AI as like, I was like, no, it's like a baby. You, at, like you'll get back what you add to it and like you know that could be either good or bad because like you know yeah. there are uh like we speak spoke like multiple times like there are good and bads of this situation but yeah and I think AIs can help us in the future like a lot but like I'm also really scared I I look into like you know those, those conspiracy theory about like oh like robots will take over the world and I'm like scared about that but mm-hmm yeah. yeah, but if AI is a baby, it's definitely a very, like, it's like, I would imagine it as a prodigy. <laughs> like, one of those people that's, like, learning really, really fast um, and just, like, growing, but yeah. I mean, like, the thing with AI is that a lot of the times, you know, it can be, it can be super smart, like, it can know everything, but it's still, like, it lacks those, you know, basic human instincts that we gain as, like, a little kid. Or that we naturally we don't we don't gain like we naturally have these instincts yeah. as like like um, empathy yeah mm-hmm. like empathy like moral ethics I feel like that that mm-hmm. depends on the person who creates the AI yeah I think that'd be like more on the person because like obviously like if a bad guy creates it like you know just like everyone's bad like I want to destroy destroy like I don't know like the government or something like right like that just be me, me and Rashima we used to watch like um. I used to watch lab rats and so in that you'd have like the robot not robots but like there were I mean not not the humans but like there was this one robot that was like being used for good because I mean he was made by the good people but then if there was like the bad guy then you know he's gonna have a bad robot I don't know how we got into lab rats from this. I'm sorry. I wish I wish but I wish life was that simple just like good guys and bad guys I was just saying, like a few, if you want like good and bad, just Disney. Yeah. yeah. No, because the real world's like so much more gray. Like, like it's just like, oh, like there's something that could be good, but like the technology is basically in the gray area. Like it's a dark gray. Like 
Like there's there's just the tiniest thing that might set like something from right from like bad. <laughs> and um, I think it's very important for us to define that in the AIs. Um, so like they could make the right decision, especially if you use it in like, you know, justice-based system. Um, I remember talking about the algorithm, right? Like I talked about just this algorithm where they could recognize different facial colors um, and the creation of that AI. And I think that's really important for the future of AIs. Yeah, and I think that really depends on obviously the person creating it. Like you said, everybody has a different moral standpoint. Everybody has different values, different beliefs. And those things really reflect in what they create and can reflect in kind of those decision-making things that AI has. And that's kind of bringing me back to our artificial intelligence episode where we talked about the train scenario and what way the train would go. Um, But yeah, like we said, the the theme of the season is technology good or bad. Um, And it's like we said, kind of both. And it has limitations and benefits as well. And like with the, I mean, this is just one analogy for like the multi-skilled AI, you know, the, it's the whole like baking a cake thing. You can have like the, you can have butter and you can have like, I mean, sugar and everything, flour, but once you put them together, then it becomes a cake. So, I mean, you can kind of think of it, the multi-skilled AI, kind of the same thing. You can have audio recognition and you can have facial recognition and they're really, I mean, they're really smart by themselves. But when you put them together and I guess, you know, obviously more instincts then you get a more human-like AI, not, not creature. It doesn't have to be like a creature, but like, um, what would you call it actually? Like a humanoid thing. Humanoid. Humanoid. Yeah. <laughs> I think they exist actually. I think like, um, I, I don't know how much of this is true, but like, I remember like reading an article, like it's either like the I think it might be Korea or like, you know, one of those uh, like South, I don't know, like one of those Asian places or like near the Atlantic. I don't know a lot about geography, but somewhere over there, um, they might have come, like at least like made a prototype for a uh, humanoid. Like they they put like, like they, they look really human, like people, like structures, but like if you cut them open, then there's like wires and this and that in there. And I'm just like, that is not scary at all. <laughs> yeah and you know it's definitely really smart when you put all the things together but it can get to a point where it's too smart and then we have a terminator situation <laughs> but in every science sci-fi fiction movie you see then the, like that basically become our true life yeah no well, i feel like our fiction like fiction is just becoming reality like we never thought we would have a pandemic and here we are now okay i'm just gonna give like i want to say something that's like kind of off topic but not really like you know how like okay if you watch okay if you watch hunger games then like they're wearing like you know those peacekeeper wearing like those big ass like suits and like the capital people have like different um like hairstyles and stuff like who thought masks be masks will become a fashion act like a fashion style and everyone's like at least in like here like everyone's like oh what color is your mask does it like match your outfit and I'm just like it's a mask like it's for your protection why are we doing this like design matching thing and there's like because it, it comes in like sets now it's like with this dress comes this mask free like wear this mask as it, I'm just like okay yeah definitely but on that note um, <laughs> we're just gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode as well as season one of Teen Techies um, we had a lot of laughs a lot of 
really engaging conversations and a lot of rants about topics that were unrelated, but still very <laughs> important. Um, so thank you so, so much um, to our listeners for tuning in every week. We love recording these episodes. We learn so much and we have so much fun and there's really enjoyable to you know research and create and we hope you'll come back for season two for bigger and better things and i i just want to say like a, a thank you as well um mm-hmm. this, like this has been a really fun way to spend the summer um and i'm glad that glad that we'll be able to continue it during the school year as well even if it's in like you know if it's even if it's less frequent i've learned a lot from you know all the research we've done and I hope that our listeners have also learned a lot um or you know at least taken away something from each episode we do no matter how um off topic it can get at times <laughs> but um yeah just I uh, hope thank you. yeah same thing as we should like hope you guys enjoyed like in our mini rants um I hope we made you laugh uh, and I hope you take something away from this but yeah thank you for listening and also give it all thanks for all the following you guys like are giving us on instagram and uh, like all social media platforms and also you know if you have friends that listen to this tell them to follow us on all our socials yep uh, i think for the most part all, all our socials are like they're teen either teen techies or teen dot techies so we're teen yeah, dot some variation of that yeah yeah but um yes and you, this may be the end of the season but this isn't the end of like the whole the podcast as a whole so please give us suggestions what do you want to hear what do you want to hear us talk about or um what are just some more things you'd like to see with teen techies and we love we'd love to you know take a look at that and hopefully you know uh, improve and you know do more things and more exciting things for you guys Yep, and for the last time for season one, Teen Techies signing off.